You're listening to the Shut Up and Teach podcast. I'm your host, Elijah Carbajal. Let's get started. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. Hey everyone, it's Elijah here. Before we get to the episode, I just wanted to ask you a question. Have you heard? My book has been released. I would be so honored if you would read my book, A Place They Love. Here's how you can purchase the book to read it. It's available on the EduMatch website. It's available on Amazon in three formats, paperback, hardback, and Kindle. And available at Barnes and Noble in paperback and ebook. I hope that you'll check it out. I hope that you'll leave an awesome review. I hope that you'll share it with a friend. Now, let's get to the episode. All right, we are back. We part me, two. Me and Tracy. Tracy yes. and me. Okay, let's stop and have an honest question here for a second. Because <laughs> I, I. I'm not going to lie, and I'm a little embarrassed to say this, but I don't know if it's me and Tracy or Tracy and me. So, okay, let me think back, because this would be Mrs. Orr's class. Okay. Seventh grade English. My second hour class. (laughs) Wow. Upstairs. That's very... Dimming junior high. Yeah. Second door from the end on the left. Okay. Okay. And what did you learn in this class in all those places that I can't recall off the top of my head? Hang on. Because, well, people probably don't know know this about me. I know that I love... I have a photographic memory. Yeah, you have to share the details about it. And you're very good about that. And you're very good at storytelling. So please continue. So my, if I can literally put myself back in that photographic memory, like I, it's almost like walking through like a, like a movie, like, or like a old, like it's grungy looking, like in my mind, it's kind of grungy looking like an old film. So if I can put myself into that film, I can actually kind of, go back in time to certain moments and I can get really close to certain moments of my life. Yeah. So I have this really unique like brain that will allow me to go back to this lesson. Okay. Um, so when she talked about that, those combinations, right. Um, you can change the positions of them. But formally, the other person would go first. See, okay. Like formally, the other person goes first. Then what's interesting is the next part of it, the and I or and me depends on the sentence because you should be able to take that other person's name out of it and have the sentence make sense. So you wouldn't say, and I, 
if it if you really need to right. say so i said it's me right so i said it's me and tracy and then i said wait is it tracy and me so traditionally it should be tracy and me so person then yourself yeah always pretty much always i want to say pretty much always it's very polite when you do it that way because it's very formal and polite okay there you go I learned something new today. Mrs. Orr spoke that <laughs> teacher. Very, very proper. Very properly, very formerly, mm -hmm. like formally. Um, and she modeled that really well. Yeah. yeah. That's right. She was one of those introvert teachers that I really appreciated. Oh, okay. Like she was an introvert teacher. She was very quiet, um, very soft spoken, and spoke very formally. She was also my mother's best friend. Mm -hmm. So I got to be around her when she wasn't modeling that. Yeah. Um, and she had the most beautiful, like Memphis, Tennessee accent that just like even after so long of living in New Mexico, like she still had it when she was relaxed. And she had the best laugh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She was a painter too. She was an oil painter. Yeah. So I liked being yeah. around her. Yeah. So her class, obviously, I'm going to remember more because she was personal to me. Like, and I loved her class and I loved her. So again, relationships, right? Right. So I remember those more than like, I can't remember some of the math teachers that well from high school. Right. Yeah relationships yeah sorry we got off on a tangent we're actually we got off on a tangent because i needed the answer to that question because it's been bothering me so thank <laughs> you uh but we are back for another conversation from the couch um this is like a part two ish sort of even though it's actually a conversation from the couch part five um but in the last episode in our last conversation we talked about your theme song for the school year which was evolution so if listeners you haven't listened to that one go back and check it out um it was amazing and tracy you did an awesome job at talking about your song and like really what it meant to you and unpacking all the lyrics um so today i have to say real quick though go i go listened to that episode um before you posted it and like yeah um I was being so, I felt like I spoke very slowly because I was trying to be very mindful of my words. Yeah. Um, and so it seems very slow to me. I don't normally speak that slow, but I was trying to like, I was choosing my words very carefully. Right. right. Like I'm going to try yeah. to do the same today uh, because my song is, is a lot. There's a lot going on in my song. Um, so if you're ready we'll try i'm ready i'm gonna try to unpack my song <laughs> i want to see like in your explaining it if you struggle with trying to find how to describe it i kind of do uh, because a lot of it is kind of like there's like a, a feel to it yes. um, and and my song especially like <clears throat> so I talk about Nas's uh 10 points and how there's a there's a pulse to it mm -hmm. there's like a pulse and a heartbeat um 
and so that's kind of how that's kind of how music feels to me is like how do, how do I feel within my own body and so this song here has like a beat it's got a it's got a pulse to it it's got a heartbeat to it like that really the music heavy that heartbeat you create has that a heartbeat music it has a heartbeat it has a heartbeat it has a heartbeat so that's kind of I don't know that's kind of the way I feel music I guess is really where does it like does if it does it make me dance does it make me relax does it make me envision something right Mm -hmm. so it's more of how does the like I think it's more of like how does my body react to it but um this song is kind of all over the place so um my song for the school year for this 2022-2023 school year um is Cinderella Man by Eminem Mm. Cinderella Eminem is like big in our house too like we appreciate his artistry and creativity his lyricism is pretty much second to none so he this would is I gonna know have he's, some pretty incredible vocabulary yeah it would like, because yeah i'm excited to see you break down some vocabulary all right well uh let's dive into it so um so the song starts off you know technically i'm not even really supposed to be here right now so might as well make the most of it i'm gonna edit a lot of this out like i'm gonna try not to swear uh, so I'm editing some of this and leaving some of the, some of the swearing out. Like the profanity. Yeah, like the profanity. Yeah. So, um, so just know if you go listen to the song, there's a clean version and um, an explicit version. So, um, so he says, I'm not even supposed to be here right now. So I might as well make the most of it. So just starting off with that alone, that appeals to me for a couple of things. It speaks. To me. So First of all, and I've been pretty open about this in my, you know, with my family and, you know, close friends. Um, I talk, I've talked about it on social media about my own mental health journey and things like that. And, um, you know, this, I, this, this lyric in there, I'm not even supposed to be here right now. In a lot of ways, I feel that, you know, in the, in the, from the mental health side of things, mm-hmm. you know, like I've got crazy anxiety some days, you know, and I've, I've learned to manage it, you know, through counseling and, you know, the help of medication and obviously, you know, my faith and, you know, my support like you. Um, so I've learned to kind of manage that, but there's sometimes where it's like, I've been, I've had so much anxiety where to where I've, you know, been sick, you know, physically sick um you know i've i've struggled with depression you know and and, you know having suicidal tendencies and you know ideation and all that and so you know that's something that like when i look back on my life i really have to thank god first and foremost because yeah i'm not supposed to be here right now you know and so um it's really by his grace and mercy that i'm still here but also like just thankful for you i'm thankful for my you know my parents who were there for me and and you know all my family was there for me in like a super dark time um in my life you know when it came to you know how i was dealing and coping with my own mental health um 
so that kind of speaks to me in that in that regard well as it should right out the gate like personal connection you have 100 percent of my attention yeah 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 it really caught yeah it really catches my really caught my attention so um the other thing though is like I mentioned this when I when we launched my book, Shameless Plug Again, my podcast, I get to say whatever I want. <laughs> so uh, when we launched my book, A Place They Love, I sat down and talked with Mandy Froilich. And she had kind of asked, like, what was, like, who is this for? Like, you know, I think the question was, like, who are some inspirations or something like that? Like, you know, what's what's driving, what drove you to do this and all that? And... You know, I talked about, you know, obviously the kids. I do it, you know, I do it do it for the kids, do it for the teachers, right? I'm and you know, speaking directly to teachers so that they can directly impact students, right? Right. Um, but I said, you know, I said I wanted to do this for my family. You know, I, I really wanted to do this for, you know, my family and hope that, you know, this would bring some honor to my family's name and, you know kind of make my mom and dad proud you know there's nothing wrong with that you know you're kind of wanting that dedication to them too um but then I also said I wanted to do it for New Mexico mm. you know and here's the thing like technically I'm not even supposed to be here right now because I'm just the homeschool kid from the middle of nowhere in New Mexico now that doesn't mean that I'm nothing doesn't mean that I came from nothing I came from a very good family I came from a very um tight-knit family Um, they are your family is tight but they're warm and loving and like a little laid back sometimes so I'm biased though because I'm your you know those are my in-laws but I I love but they are but I love your whole family right so kind of lost my train of thought where was i going you're not even supposed to be here not even supposed to be here. so i didn't come from nothing you know i i have nothing but love and respect for my family um you know my dad being in the military my mom being a former teacher my dad being a former cop um brothers in the military you know all this stuff so i'm very thankful for what i came from i'm not saying that i can that i hate what i came from or anything feel like people automatically assume that when we say things like that because that story has become a cliche of like you know from homeless to harvard right but like some of us aren't all the way at that extreme no you know some of us came from two-parent homes with you know I didn't yeah I didn't struggle you know I didn't necessarily have a struggle you know you know I had my needs met you know we didn't live luxurious but I had all my needs met you know and so I'm thankful for that but um so but here's the here's the thing like I didn't step foot into a into a public school classroom until my first day of student teaching. That's right. That's how little I knew about education going into this. I had zero, like, other than what I'd seen on, like, a TV show or, like, a movie. That's literally the only, and what my cousins ex- described. And that was it. 
So there's not a whole lot of teachers in your family. Like of like you're you there are well there are um there are like my cousin Chris, cousin Rachel, um I'm am I missing so uh I was I counted three. Someone. Josh, Josh is a teacher, Genevieve is well no, Josh isn't a teacher, his wife is. And Greg's wife works at a school. Jessica, yeah. Jessica. So there's so, there's a handful of them, yeah. I had counted three. Uh-huh. But like I think some of those cousins I don't know yeah. very well. Yeah. So but like, you know, I you know, I had zero knowledge of what education was actually supposed to look like. I I had no clue about anything. I didn't know what manipulatives were. Like I didn't, I didn't know either. I didn't know what I didn't know what base 10 blocks were until I got to college. I didn't know how to use them until I didn't know how to use manipulatives. I didn't know how to teach college. multiplication and I only knew how to teach it in one way. Like all this stuff because it was that's how I learned, so that's how I'm going to teach and all that. That college so, I had that college math class where it's teaching math to elementary children yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And um I remember sitting in that class, looking at my professor, using math manipulatives, going, you know, I might have been better at math had we had these. See, I'm like, pretty good at this math, makes though. perfect sense to me now that I can like see something. Cause I see I didn't you're have better a, at math I than I am. But I didn't have them, but I like <clears throat> I don't know. Like I think my it, I think it's because my mom taught me like not always like visually or through experience but there were a lot of things like I remember calculating like a fraction like going out and shooting hoops and then turning that into like a fraction a percentage and a decimal and then graphing it on on graph paper yes, throughout see, the entire I, week I could so, do that but, but it was Your something I loved yeah that. so good job mom all this stuff love you mom all this to say like I'm not I'm like I am I the last person who should have written a book <laughs> about, <laughs> you know, teaching. about teaching and education and all that like uh, that thought has come to my mind like oh my gosh like am I even supposed to be here am right I even now supposed to be here right <laughs> now <laughs> am I living this amazing awesome life because I made the you wrong know, choice when like, the book oh you gosh. know when the book launched that was the day of teach better like teach better opening and like I mean we were already amped because we, we were like dressed up we were both speaking that day this is the day of the launch like it was just like super crazy and it's super crazy and that day for that day it was an Amazon bestseller in the Kindle version because everybody had it because everybody had teach better was downloading you right <laughs> Right. And it's so better. Right. So, it, you know, it's very humbling, you know, to feel that and, you know, to experience that. But it does, but it does make me ask that question. Like, am I really even supposed to be here right now? Like among, you know, among these peers of ours and these, you know, our PLN and people that we've come to admire and respect and all that, Sometimes that messes, sometimes that messes with me. And I just have to remind myself, number one, they're just human, just like me, (laughs) 
you know it's a little bit of imposter syndrome it's a little like, bit it's a little you bit know, like and if they only knew <laughs> if they only knew how many doubts i had if they only knew this and that but then i'm like but they went through that same process they've gone through that same experience and so they they know all that and so it's it it makes yeah i don't know but it just makes it makes me ask that question sometimes well I think before we move on to the next section, I just want to say this. I was a public school teacher's kid. Both of my parents were teachers. And I went through public education. And yes, I have some different experiences from different teachers. Mm -hmm. Um but you know what outweighs those moments? All of the what not to do's. Mm -hmm. So when I, the only difference between you and me is when I walk into that room, there is a list of things that I know not to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? It only equipped me with a lot of like, don't do this. Yeah. Don't do this. <laughs> like be different than this right so I don't think it's as far of a gap as you think it is no and I can't discredit my experience as a teacher because yeah. I have learned a lot from the time I started student teaching um with Miss Adrian Jaramillo if you're listening love you um she's the first person who told me you need to like you are the teacher you are in charge like these kids can do what you want them to do she was the first person to tell me that because I was so like soft-spoken and like I hadn't found my teacher voice yet. I'm super quiet, like in public. I know I talk a lot at home, but like in public, like I'm, I'm quiet. Like, and so the first time you start to teach, the kids are like talking over you and you can't get that. Yeah. It was, she's like, no, you're the teacher. Like put on your Superman cape and go teach them. Like, you can you can do this. No, I think <laughs> it was funny. funny. It is funny, but like if you think about it though, like your mom is soft spoken. And so as a teacher, she would have spoken to you like that. Like she speaks quietly. But then like, but if you or at least in my experience, you're laughing <laughs> at me because you're like, you have not heard my mama. And I'm like, but like, that's my experience with mom. So when I first started teaching, I was around my parents, but I had heard my parents teach. I had heard the difference in my father's voice mm -hmm. from when he was on a fishing boat talking to me and standing in front of a class full of kids trying yeah. to teach them how to do fractions. Yeah. You know, I remember hearing my mama teach like, my mama's teacher voice was scary, like, <laughs> but it was, it was beautiful. And my mama and dad, like, mama and daddy had Oklahoma accents because they came to New Mexico from Oklahoma. And so they had Red River accents, you know, Southwest Oklahoma. So to hear my mother's Oklahoma accent in her teacher voice, Elijah, my first few years, I just mimicked her. I, I parroted my parents. Like, 
at some point, like, did you just parrot and mimic the teacher Probably. that you had? You know what I mean? Probably. Yeah. Probably. Or is it that it's our parents and we speak the way our parents speak? Oh, I, it's, I don't know. It's probably a mixture of both. I mean, it's, it's an probably interesting a mixture point. of both. But anyway, there's so we've been so there's one last thing before we move on. And it's funny because the next line I wanted to talk about is there's a storm coming that the weatherman couldn't predict. Right. So we know what that means, like metaphorically speaking, like something happened that no one saw coming right right yeah and so So, surprise guess what he's from new mexico (laughs) of all places right the state that everyone forgets is a state like how many times i remember the first time this happened i was at disneyland for my brothers we went to watch my brother graduate from the marine corps boot camp right and then he got he gets furlough like two weeks or whatever and so during that time we planned this vacation to go to like we went to like sea world we went to disneyland we went to like the beach a couple times like it was rad so in disneyland we're standing there and we're talking to this person and he's like where are you from and we say we're from new mexico she goes oh says well i've always wanted to go to tijuana how close is that to tijuana and we're like, no, 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 New Mexico, US, California, New Mexico, USA. <laughs> and he's like, what? Like, seriously, straight up did not know. I've met a couple of people like that. And then I've known other New Mexicans who have like gone to places like New York and they're like, your American is so good. Like you're American, like you speak really good English, like in your accent is even yeah your american english is so good and i'm like oh my gosh yeah. <laughs> it happened to me in chicago when i was i have that moment of like uh-huh. uh what's the um oh i'm forgetting his name mr potato head on um toy story yeah when he's like hey look i'm picasso <laughs> and ham is like i don't get it like you uncultured swine yes <laughs> Points for the- we are New Mexico. We are in the United States. So it happened and- to me. Both of those things have happened to me. In Chicago. Yeah. I was shopping and somebody asked me where I was from. And I said, New Mexico. And they literally were like asking if I had problems crossing the border, like how I spoke English so well, like all of this yeah. stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, okay. And I just went with a like I just I just went with it and made them think I was amazing. Right. So, because I didn't have the heart to correct them. Right. Um, when I was a senior in high school, we went to Washington, D.C. And we were in a museum. And I want to say it was an art museum. But, you know, we were doing the tour that day. So, like, they all kind of, like, look the same. They're all, like, anyway. So this whole group of kids from New Mexico walk in and the first exhibit we see is our own history. Like it was like Native American pottery and like the Southwest and 
here is our, like they are showcasing New Mexico. You look at the map on the wall and they have two Arizonas. Like, you mean that two Arizonas? On the map, they put Arizona in twice. Why? Because everybody forgets that New Mexico is a state. And so the map was incorrect. Arizona number one. And Arizona, Arizona number two. two. So literally, here's this group of kids, and we all just immediately turned to our teachers and was like, like what the heck? Like, what? This is wrong. This like, is not right. Uh -huh. This is wrong. By the time we left that museum, they had fixed the map. And then what they did to fix it, it was such ingenious problem solving. The exhibit was about New Mexico. So they just cut a block of wood in the shape of New Mexico, painted it, and stuck it on the front like of the map. And so then it popped out as a 3D element with like the state flag. Dope. It was wild. It's we were dope. like, oh my gosh, we had to fix. Yeah. And I want to say it might have been the Smithsonian. Yeah. So anyway, shout out for New Mexico, right? Representing. Um, the next part of here um, is this. The next part of the lyrics that I want to talk about is um, I was down when I was down. I was kicked. I got up. I'm back to punch it to the ground. Um, it's a wrap. Um, screw my last CD. That's in the trash. Um, so <clears throat> I want to take you back to last year. So last start of last school year so 21 22 um i'm working as um at a school as a classroom teacher and there's certain you know i don't want to get into detail with it with what was causing um because i could be here for a while but i was not in a good place mentally um emotionally um and that was starting to weigh on me physically um, to where I was having panic attacks, you know, almost every single day, like some sort of panic attack. I remember. Um, and it was a tough time. Like, I felt like I was just getting my ass kicked every single day by myself. And then I still had to go teach, which is naturally just emotionally exhausting. Yeah. Or it can be anyway. It can be very rewarding, but at times it can be straining, you know, and it can, by the end of the day, we're zapped, you know? Well, and this is our and so, back to face-to-face. -to -face. Right, and so we and had so kids. Kiss definitely had some tendencies that was draining. Right, so compile that with, you know, certain covid protocols that were in place and it just it just made for a bad mix of anxiety and all sorts of stuff and so <clears throat> i wasn't in a really you know i wasn't in a really good place and so um i you know had started to consider i was at that point where it was really like am i like something needs to change either i need some kind of change from this environment you know or at least a, you know some maybe a different position within the same school or something i need some kind of change 
or I just need to get out of teaching altogether. And I didn't want to get out of teaching. So that change was, you know, I looked at a change that I could make from, you know, within the school because I didn't want to leave if I didn't have to. Change comes to me so, in the same way. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to leave the school if I didn't have to. So I tried that and then there was a funding issue and things like that, that it didn't work out. Um, but, um, you know, the position opened up where I'm at now with the reading interventionist, you know, and I took that position and, you know, things kind of started to change. Last year was also kind of a growing and learning year for me in that reading interventionist position. You know, there were things that I did that I look back and I'm like, I didn't really step out that much. The big thing that I brought to the school and brought to my classroom was the big transformation of a classroom to a pirate ship in the branded classroom. Right. And I was doing a good job at what I was doing, but I'm like, I didn't really step out. And I think it's because I was still trying to find my footing. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of stick to the book in the sense of like, these are the routines that I know. And this is my training. And so I'm going to stick to this and, you know, go from there. So now this year, let's get to that. So it's funny because in a different, if in, in a different Eminem song, he says the last two albums didn't count. Encore, I was on drugs. Relapse, I was flushing them out. And I kind of feel like even though that's not in this song, that kind of fits. Like that last year doesn't count because the first semester I was full of anxiety and the second semester I was like trying to figure out how to be a reading interventionist. Yeah, that makes And sense. juggle all that. You know what I'm saying? So, sorry, I'm scrolling through lyrics here. Um well, I'm back up, too, you like, know, so it's you hit some you hit two things that I think are important to point out. That first one is we've all had those moments where we go, I'm gonna quit my job. Uh-huh. I mean, it and is. I've actually done it where I'm like, I'm gonna quit this job. And I wrote my resignation and I handed it in and I quit a job and uh and looking back like yes I made a good choice but like it was reckless for me to do yeah. that but there are times when you know <clears throat> I have been driving home from work going I could work as a graphic design artist I could be a full-time artist I could go back to working in finance like, and go back to working in the finance sector. I could go get a customer service job and just answer people's questions all day. I could go work at a museum. I could go be a tutor. I could do a thousand other things. I have options. And literally start calculating, like, how much money you need to actually make <laughs> to right. pay bills. Right. You know, <clears throat> in your commute home and and so I think in those moments we need to recognize that whole I need to I need to quit my job like the pause that needs to happen is is really the next question and that is what needs to change 
Is right. there something I'm doing in my process and practice and craft of teaching right. that is frustrating me and I need to change this piece in my curriculum or I need to change well, this strategy I, or I need to change yeah. this. Also, like it could be one of those things where you've taught the same grade in the same grade level or the same content area forever and you need to change grade levels. Go yeah, up, go you down. know, and I mentioned that in the book too about yeah. how like there's like you may find like hey, I don't teach littles well. I need to teach middle or high school, and vice versa. Um, or I want to explore every single grade and see what it's like, or whatever. You know, you need to find your niche and you need to find your passion and what's really going to suit you. And so. I loved being a classroom teacher and there are some days where I'm like, oh man, like this, this is coming up. Like I remember doing like this around this activity with my class around this time. Like that'd be so cool, you know, to be able to do that, you know, but, um, but I like where I'm at, you know, and yeah. I'm passionate about what I'm at, you know, what I'm doing. Um, I'm taught, learning a lot. I've taught the same content at different grade levels for the past 10 years. So I've been an art teacher. I was an art teacher for four or five, grades four and five, for how long were we there? Eight years? Yeah, I taught at the same school, the same two grade levels, the same curriculum for eight years. Like, and then I now I've taught art for sixth, seventh and eighth grade. And it's a art one art. I have an art one and an art two class. And I have literally taught that curriculum for three years, but the first year was virtual. And so that's a conversation for another day. Right. Virtual teaching. I had one of the best years of my career. I learned so much new stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh gosh. It was so cool. Anyway, that put a pin in that for later, maybe in the next conversation on the maybe. couch. Maybe but I feel like you <clears throat> how to identify change or like what change feels like, what it might sound it like. It feels scary. It's, it feels scary. It like, feels scary. Really do, like, really and like you doubt, gonna, and you doubt, like, on. is this going to be any better? Like it, like I did not leave that position. Like I was excited to start as a reading interventionist. Um, but I did not have that feeling of like the grass is greener. It was like, I have yet to see the grass. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, what if the grass is, what if there's no grass at all? Right? Yeah. What if it's just dirt and weeds, you know? And so it's like, you don't, you go into that. It's like that change. You go into that, not knowing there's a lot of, unknowns that we have to kind of like step into and just you know have faith or you know you know whatever we practice or whatever you know but you know in our case we have faith and you know that we're making the right decision you know yeah and so um you know it's just something I had to do and you know it worked out and I'm happy with where I'm at and I'm learning a lot I'm in a place where I can help other teachers too so going so, to the section where it says I went from down, like, is your down 
like that bottom of starting over or starting a new position it was not that where your down was because you said no it was to so it relates to that but here's what it here's what it is it was not being able to function as a teacher like I used to like I know I could have because I've I've been a classroom teacher where I was like at the top of my game like I was on it my organization was down my you know instructional delivery my mini lessons I was running the grid method with both math and language arts for fourth graders yeah I remember that and teaching science labs like I was on it yeah. you know and so I know what it's like to be teaching at that level and being able to connect with kids and really um, kind of reach every kid with COVID, it changed a lot. Like I was still doing the grid method for English and for math with my third graders now, nonetheless. So if you're listening, yes, the grid method is for elementary grades, but um, go check out grid method. Shout out Chad Ostrowski and the Teach Better Zoom. I use it for middle school art. So, but because of COVID, there's a lot of things like we couldn't have close proximity like we couldn't have really small group like it was a lot of there's a lot of things that that forced me to like when we came back that I don't think I was fully prepared for and it was I'm not gonna lie it was like kind of kicked my ass and so I had a great year on virtually like virtually I learned a lot like I was engaged and even when we came back, remember that we came back in April for the remainder of the year. Yeah. And I ended up teaching um, a hybrid class where I had some kids that they came every day, yep. but not everybody voted and not everybody wanted to come back. So I was still teaching virtually and in person, like at the same time. I was too. And yeah. so, and I overcame that. So it's not that I was, that I became like, that I was, that I've been this incompetent teacher or anything like that. It just, something was different about it. And coming back, I think there was a lot of pressure. I think there was a lot of anxiety coming back. I think there was a lot of fear still, you know, from a lot of people. I mean, we were coming out of the pandemic. And so masks were still, well, we were technically, I mean, if you, I mean, depending on who you ask, right? But we were still in it because we were still wearing masks and vaccines we and all that. We are still under health orders and all that. Yeah, so quarantines were in place for kids and That's teachers okay. and everyone yeah. who tested positive. So there was just a lot of stress and pressure and like unknowns and fears that really just weighed on me to the point where I wasn't able to, I wasn't teaching at the level that I well, I say that, but I look back on it. I, I can look back now with 2020 vision, right? And I can see that I was actually doing some really cool stuff and doing some really great things. But I think all of that anxiety, there's depression, there, like I said, the stresses and all those things, I think just weighed on me so much to the point where I felt like I wasn't an effective teacher and I felt like I wasn't the best teacher for those kids. I also feel like this and, is the first time I've really sat down with you and like you've expanded on the things that you said during that time which I think I understand it kind of 
more fully now because of the way you explained it tonight. And I, I feel like there was this huge dichotomous thought in place where we're coming back from the pandemic. You can't use your A-game instructional strategies where kids are close together and, you know, not sitting in seats in rows. Like you literally were sacrificing your A-game to like try and figure it out to try like you were sacrificing your a game to like a d game with like a whole new set of like just trying to figure it out with so with new stuff so like (laughs) you're you literally had all of your coping mechanisms taken away like a lot of them please don't be a crappy teacher a lot of well no and well a lot of them but like like i said i still did some really cool things like i still set up like so we didn't have special. We didn't have art, and I only had three you know, prep- specials. Specials. Yeah, so classes. yeah, your uh, electives, if you will, but not electives. So, but we didn't have. So the way it works is in APS, where we're at, uh, the elementary schools swap. So it's one year they get music, the next year they get art, the next year they get music, the next year they get art. Yeah. And so we had music, but we didn't have art. So every friday i was i mean i was doing some the kids not i i was just giving them hey this is my example like you go crazy with your own right here's your materials and they were coming up with some really crazy art and there was there was a lot of fun in that classroom that when i look back on it and think about like some of the kids you know i can't drop names but there was you know but the kids that that really meant a lot to me and you know that were kind of you know that that were sad when I left. You know that made me cry when I left too. So, um, so it wasn't all bad. I don't want to. I don't want to paint that picture that it was just so, so so bad. But it was so bad. You know. I kind of feel like <laughs> there were a lot of good moments. If but it makes you physically th- ill, there were a lot of good moments. Bad. Well, it's bad, but I don't want to say that there were. I have some happy memories. It was bad, and ultimately, being physically sick was what was like. That was the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, was like, I if I'm sick to the point where I can't go to work, like this is not okay. Which again is that that inward like reflection of like, am I the right teacher for these kids if I can't even be there for them? You know what I mean? Well, and, and I, that's and I'm just saying that because every teacher is gonna have that moment. I would just want to be real with everyone for a second. It's very authentic to say, you know, it hurts my teacher heart. It hurts my being to not be able to teach in an exciting, wonderful way, like in an engaging way. Like I can't, like it hurts my teacher heart that I have to be this isolated from children. Like it hurts my teacher heart to like have to, you know, go through all of this and on top of be learning new things, like I'm unstable and it hurts my heart to be this unstable for these students. Right. It hurts you so much that it literally made you sick. Like, I don't think that that's, I don't, I think it's very authentic to say that, 
And I think it's okay to say that. And I feel like it's the truth. It is the truth. And I feel like the more we explain it in all these different ways of what it feels like or, you know, how to think about it deep and mindfully, um, the more that there are teachers that listen that are going to say, that's what that is, where they'll recognize some of those symptoms. I, I feel like we we get abused and we abuse ourselves. You know, it's that selfless sacrifice to the right. you know success of others. And so I feel like the more we tell the truth and the more we examine our feelings around, you know, we're going to see people identify with things. And I feel like it takes away some of that trauma yeah. that, that bestows upon yeah. our profession. Yeah. This is good. I like where this conversation is going. Yeah. Dude. We're getting a lot of deep stuff. A lot like, of deep stuff. So, okay. So we know where the bottom is. So you go through this, this change. And so you go through just learning the job. And again, I feel like you are making a very good point to some people like teach better and being around the teach better team and that whole idea of being better is little steps at a time yeah I'm better than I was yesterday I'm gonna be better tomorrow like and so these little steps like it's not a silver bullet it's not a magic bullet you know it's little steps I would never expect or hold the expectation that someone who is brand new to the teaching profession, brand new to a school, brand new in a new district, even brand new in a new grade level, down to brand new in a different room. I would never expect anyone to operate at an innovation level when everything is so new. Mm-hmm. 100%. I will throw my money on the table every single time and I will back this bet every single time. The only way to get to innovation is to be comfortable and safe. And comfortable and safe is hard to do when everything is new. Yeah. So I don't fault you for taking a semester to get your sea legs under you. Right. And to find your way. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, no. You talk about it as if it's like. now, no. As if it were negative. I don't want it to. It's not negative. It's not negative. But think about, go back to that song encore i was on drugs we yeah. have, so i was flushing them out it's the getting better part. it's the flushed out it's the it's flushing them out part you know it's that like i'm i'm just getting over all this trauma yeah you know like i'm just getting over this trauma i'm trying to figure out this new job like yeah like it's a lot it's gonna, like i'm just trying it's to, called tight i'm just i'm just trying to figure this thing out so 
but now I'm in a place where the next lines that I want to talk about is where he says, um, guess who? He came to the ball and his wife beater lost his Nike shoe. And then he says, the Nike shoe is in his rear end. <laughs> and he says, he's all up in your psyche too. So I want to make this clear. When I talk about kicking ass and taking names, it's only my own. I am in no way, shape, or form in competition with any teacher at all. Like, I am the only teacher I really want to be better is is myself, right? Like I want to be better. No, no, because really, I mean, what's, I mean, I see other teachers doing things that are better or see them doing things that are more innovative. And then I want to be, do what they are doing, but not because I want to be like them but because I've seen what they did impacted their students positively. If I do this, it will impact my students positively too, right? So it's not because, oh, I'm going to do this to copy so-and-so so I can be cool like so-and-so and be, you know, tweet this out and do whatever, right? The only person I'm in competition with is myself. And so sometimes it's like that that line in there basically where he talks about, you know, basically he's saying he kicked your ass it's it's kind of it's kind of like you know boxing with myself right shadow boxing. shadow boxing can i just take a moment as your wife and admire the man that i got to marry like honey you sound so humble and kind and just like I'm I'm just kicking my own ass like I'm not like I'm not comparing myself to others like I'm not in a competition honey I'm so sorry your wife is petty your wife is a hold my beer bitch chick like I don't get me wrong I have run into a couple of teachers if not a handful of teachers if not two handfuls of teachers where I literally told myself they ain't seen nothing yet. Well, don't get me wrong. Hold my coffee. Don't get me wrong. Like, there are those Paul McCartney moments where he's like, just just you wait until you see Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts yeah. There are some Watch moments me. where it's like, yeah, I can whip some magic out still. Don't tell me I can't. Right? I can still I whip some magic out. I'll and I, um, but that's, but again, it's just, it's not to prove a point. It's to make an impact. You know I get I mean? that. So I don't know. That's that's that line there. It was a simple one, but I, well, we get the setup to the imagery. We get the setup of Cinderella, right? So Cinderella because, Man, yeah. So again, it goes back to the title is Cinderella Man, but he's making a reference to the the Cinderella fairy tale, where in those lyrics, but he showed up at the ball, but he showed up. You know, white wife, wife beater and Nike shoes, and Nike shoes, and he lost his Nike shoe. Like he's already setting, he's already setting the stage for that that fairy tale transformation. Like, right? You know what I mean? It would be the same as if That's Cinderella nice. showed up without her fairy godmother, like ball girl. Yeah, yeah. So, um. 
again, there's just lines in here. Like some of this is we don't need to go into detail because it's kind of redundant, or at least it feels like it. So there's a line where he says, you know, screw the past. He's the shit right now. Like I'm not saying like I'm the king in the world or I'm the <laughs> to quote my uncle, I ain't the king shit. But like it's that idea of like, okay, whatever happened in the past, screw that. Like here, I'm gonna steal what Joyner Lucas says in your line. I'm on some other shit. Yeah. Right. I'm moving on to bigger things. Like I'm not even worrying about recovery at this point. I'm I am moving on. Like I've recovered from like my game is now my B game. It's now my B game. I am yes. moving on. And so I look at my practice as a as an educator, uh, you know, the way I talk to kids. You know, obviously our school is going through like PBIS. We have PBIS in place, restorative practices. So even the way I talk to kids is evolving and, you know, changing um, my delivery. Like I'm, I'm learning more about the science of reading. And so I'm, I'm pushing myself to become better for my kids and better so that, you know, I can help these kids become confident readers. I, I agree with that. Like my A game, my old A game is now not working. It has become literally the C string. Like, like it is literally, if all else fails, I will just go back to this. And that used to be my A game. Like that used to be the stuff I like rolled out in front of, you know, visitors, administration, like, my evaluation, like when I knew that I was going to have people in my room, I brought the A game that I had at the time. That is now my C game. Right. Like that's, that's but the you know, growth though. But you know, like, I think a lot of, I think, I think a lot of teachers can look back on that. I did, say, I, I, did I did the, the best I could. I did the best I, best I, had I could with what I had, with what I knew. And then the next year, it's like, I've learned something new or I got a new resource uh-huh. or, you know, whatever. And so I think every teacher can look back on that and at some point and be like, man, like what I was doing back then, like that's nothing compared to what I'm doing now. Oh, I have often thought like, about, you know, oh, if I could go like, back into or, or wow, I wouldn't, that, or wow, I would, I would, I would not do that, right? I would not do what I used to do back then, you so know? Not do this. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> um, speaking of do not do list, there's a line here where he says, he didn't come to bore you with the Cinderella story, nor did he come to do the same old can't afford to be a lame in this day and age, and at this stage of the game, mediocrity can no longer be allowed to fly. Mm. And I think that just speaks to that, like, shut up and teach mentality of, like, you know, that line, like, mediocrity can no longer be allowed to fly. And that's really what shut up and teach is kind of about, too. That's the other side of the shut up and teach coin that often gets left out. I talk about it in the book, but Expand it gets left that, out because we we do because change it with because the, the front part the first you know the first side of the coin is that like you need to leave your bad attitude in the car like don't bring your problems and personal life you know and all the things you know that's going 
you know, chaos and all this stuff, like your private life that should remain private, don't bring all that into the classroom. Don't bring the energy in your classroom down, right? So the other side of this coin is we need to shut up and teach by leaving behind old practices or things that we know are not best practice. And it's a call to step up our game, to change that so that we can look back the next year and say, last year, this was my A game. And now it's become my B game because I've evolved and I've become better than I was last year, right? That's the other side of that shut up and teach coin. And so I just love that line in there where he just talked about like, at this day and age, like mediocrity can't fly. Like we have a responsibility to our kids every day to be our best, you know, whatever our best is for that day. Because there are days where, you know, it is like, I'm sorry, I'm operating at 80% today. Like, I got stuff, I got stuff, I got stuff going on, right? You know, and we, you know, we both have stuff going on personally as well. So you can tell them like. Because I don't want this to go to fake happy. No, it's not fake. fake, No, no, no. fake happy. Shut up and teaching about that. It's not about fake happy or or toxic positivity at all. Be real. Uh, had a horrific day yesterday and could not hide it because everybody on campus knew what had happened. So, like, I was, I was flipped upside down when I read the, so I was absent on Monday. This is Tuesday that I'm talking about. So Tuesday, I get to school and I read the substitute report of what had happened in my classroom on Monday. And I mean, it completely changed my entire, the trajectory of my entire day. Yeah. Um, And so at some point the students already knew what had happened. I mean, that story went through that middle school, like it was wildfire. And so it literally was not a secret. Miss T is going to be mad. And so they kind of knew. And I was, I was grumpy. So, but I could literally look at my kids and say, y'all, I am not happy today but we need to make some forward movement on this sculpture or we need to make some forward movement on this, on these ceramics. We need to make some forward movement on, on this graphic design project. Like we need to keep moving. And then when I needed to address that moment, same thing. I addressed what had happened in my classroom with the substitute. And then we kept moving forward. Like we had about a 20 minute conversation about what had happened was, and then we kept moving forward for the rest of my class period. So at some point, like kids can know, Hey, I stayed up past my bedtime reading my book and I haven't had enough sleep. Yeah. I'm going to have an extra cup of coffee today. Mm -hmm. Y'all don't move too quickly. You know, 
there's a way to let kids know, hey, I'm not at 100%. That is number one, hilarious. And number two, honest. And number three, like, ask them to help. Hey, I'm going to need your help today, guys. You know, I got stuff going on. I'm not feeling well. I'm not feeling well. Right, whatever. You know, they don't need to know specifics. No. But you can be authentic. Don't be fake happy. That's what the book says, is you don't need to spill all the gory details about what's going on. But, like, I, you know, my kids know, like... Yeah, Mr. C's got a little little spot of anxiety, you know, like yeah. he's got he's he's got some, you know, he's a little anxious sometimes. So, you know, but they don't know crazy details about what it's like. And yeah, you know, I don't go into, hey, I'm feeling this way today, like, you know, and let me tell you all about it. Like, it's not what I'm there for, you know, and that's not what school is for. Those kids are there to learn. Yeah. And you know, and they they are learning that by you not spilling all the details, they're also kind of learning like, hey, you don't need to give every person every last bit of detail, you know, of your life to them. You know, there it are things there are things that need to be private. I feel like it models to kids emotions. You know, they need to see a human being go through different emotions. They need to see a human be authentic and the other thing too is a lot of our kids are getting real good at spotting a fake oh yeah my middle school my middle school kids will tell you that's fake and so if you try to be fake happy they gonna know (laughs) they're gonna know Mm -hmm. I also feel like it's okay to model language because in telling them hey I'm not 100% hey I got stuff going on Like, I feel like it models them language that they can then use because our kids don't know how to handle their emotions yet. And so it's a model for them. And so when they're not okay, they might be able to use that language to say, hey, I'm not okay. I have stuff going on. And then it opens the door. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like it models it does language for kids that may not have that language i was a kid that didn't have language like that yeah Yeah. so i i like that part i do is that it or is there more there's only kind of like a couple more parts so there's a part where he says ain't nothing you can do but fear it proof is here in spirit i'm a spitting image when i stand near it or i'm i'm the spitting image i mirror it when i stand near it so who is he's talking about proof who was eminem's best friend growing up like he like his kids call him uncle marshall like proof's kids like yes. they call him uncle marshall um and we because know that because we have six degree separation yeah like yeah like so so crazy yeah um but anyway uh so proof was you know like his best friend growing up he helped eminem get into the rap game by taking him to like the battle raps that proof hosted and then like you know they rapped together in in the group d12 and all this stuff and he was his best friend with proof it's a big long story that you know when there's no they don't know if what actually happened happened but 
the end result was still the same as that proof was killed in a bar fight um and so he's talking about his friend proof that's why he says he's here in spirit and so i don't i don't believe that it's like i don't necessarily believe that my like the spirits of my ancestors like walk the earth and all that but i get what he's saying like you carry that person's memory with you you carry that person's poem by e.e e. cummings i carry your, your heart and I my carry heart your like heart I... in my heart yeah that's what he's saying you. right like, and there's you yeah. know and there's to like no not supernatural like, stuff no 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 stuff. no like so you know it's like i think about you know the teachers in my life even the ones that are still alive like my mom um my grandpa you know being one of them my aunt bobby you know my piano teacher and so i think about them and i think a lot about the teachers that kind of came before me and those who have been my mentors like you um and it's just like i i feel like i've learned from so many people and taken lessons from every one of these teachers you know and so many more that i don't want to start naming names because i'll forget but i've taken so much from people that you know i feel that when i step in to teach when i step in to plan or you know i face a problem you know in in what I'm doing as a teacher, you know, I feel like I don't have to fear that because I have this resource of like knowledge that's been kind of imparted to me by all these teachers in my life. Um, and I'll quote Eminem, not verbatim, I'll summarize basically, but I'll quote him what he said at the, uh, at the rock, at his induction into the rock and roll hall of fame. So I'm just a product of my teachers, his teachers being rappers, all these rappers. All these rappers. He's he said them he, Yeah. So he says, I'm a, I'm a product. I'm, you know, these are my teachers. And so it's just as much their night as it is mine. And he talked so, about high school dropout. Yeah. But then his teachers were all those rappers. It was, I love that. It was that. super like, inspiring. It was a great, it was a great speech. And, and, you know. Look up on YouTube. So I just feel it's that so like, good. I just feel like that line there reminds me to kind of keep that always in mind. Like you are not who you are because of, like you haven't gotten to this place on your own. We're a sum total of our experiences right. and our our lessons and our memories and yeah. our mistakes and yeah we're a sum total yeah. and it you know just the sheer fact that we're human beings means that you're gonna a lot of it's gonna come from your interaction yeah. with other human beings yeah yeah so the last thing i want to talk about is just the overall title cinderella okay. so that term the and I, uh, you know what? I sh I need to look this up because I forget. Do you think of that boxer? Uh, it's a boxer. The let's see, it's, original. it's like the nickname of a boxer, and I can't remember if it was in the twenties or thirties. But I, you know what I do remember about hmm. Cinderella Man is they made a movie yes, about that man's life, and he was a boxer. Okay. I, and he was played by Russell Crowe. Okay, I have it here. So, oh, let's see. 
I won't, oh, maybe not. Hold on. So, J his name was James Braddock. 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 That's James right. Braddock. And his story, so he was alive during the Great Depression. Um, he was, I'm just reading stuff off Wikipedia here. Um, so he worked as a laborer um, in the day, and then, like, he... So here's the thing. He wasn't supposed to win. And that's where the term Cinderella man comes from because by because, so it's a boxing term. So it's a boxing term, but it's but they borrowed the term Cinderella because again, Cinderella wasn't supposed to be at the ball. She wasn't supposed to be the she bride. She wasn't supposed to be the bride of the prince. She yeah. wasn't supposed to be that right. Technically, I'm not, not even supposed to be here. here. Yeah. Right. Right. So yeah. it's that idea of like again, I'm not supposed to be here. Like, as by claiming Cinderella Man, you're kind of claiming like, I'm supposed to be the loser. Here. I'm supposed to be the loser, you know, in a sense. And so, um, anyway, this, this guy Braddock, he was kind of a lightweight, but I think he like, and it, he ends up winning this fight and goes on to like go you know and wins a bunch more fights and all this um he was a he no he was a heavyweight he was a heavyweight boxing champion champion but um so he goes on to win all these fights and like these upsets where it's like he wasn't supposed to win right yeah and so i just go back to that like i'm not supposed to be here right nobody from new mexico like nothing good comes out of new mexico right well I I am biased and would argue that point till I would argue that home. I would argue that too but again we're the state everyone forgets right you know and so we may be we may be last in education but we do know all 50 states like well I'll, I will say that I will say that we do understand that the star that there are 50 stars on the flag yes we we recognize all 50 stars um <laughs> Most people don't realize this because it's not in the history books, but there were already people here in New Mexico uh, yeah. before the pilgrims ever got here. Oh, yeah. Like our, our, before anybody, yeah, yeah. Before, before anybody got people here. discovered New Mexico, before yeah, discovered, discovered America, there were already people here, yeah. like from Europe. Like, so yeah, like, so I just, so again, I, I just, people wanna, don't understand this. Yeah. So I just want to, like, it reminds me to stay humble as well. Like, it's a, it's a very humbling, like, again, you're not supposed to be here, right? You're, you're not, not supposed, supposed to, to be winning. You're not supposed to be winning. You're so while you are, so while you are, be humble about it. Ooh. Don't get all braggadocious and all that. Like, be a good winner. Be a good... Thank you. I I can't stand I can't stand sore winners. Like as much as a sore loser is like nah, like sore winning just leaves a uh, like no yeah. So don't so it's not like again. Don't do it for those reasons of like I'm not posting this on Twitter to get likes and follows. I'm just posting it because maybe it might help someone, you know. I I asked that question. I owe a lot to Becky Schnexer. 
But I asked the question, hey, I'm teaching, I don't even remember, blah, 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 for science this week. I would like to make it more engaging than just read from the text. Who can help me? She was like the first person, but I did have like more people. And an there. excellent helper. Yeah. Like the science expert, the expedition science author, right? Check out, out yes, Becky's book. So like, but I did, there were like more people in there too that were just commenting and just being like super helpful with that. Yeah. You know? I, okay, I'm going to say this and it's going to sound really loopy and weird, but you know, one of those things that, you know, you talked about in your transformation, like I learned the power of kindness in all of this, yeah. like transition and uh, in my evolution, right? So going back to part one in my song, like in my evolution, I've learned the power of kindness. So I think it's interesting that you're to this point of like, I'm not supposed to be winning. But while I'm here winning, instead of being super bold and bright and sparkly and glittery about how great you're doing, you're taking that great and you're harnessing that power and being kind and giving it away to others. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like there's a, but I feel I'm like the... there's something really great about it's passing it and on. helping like and that leads me back to you know it's mr pass, rogers neighborhood it's, re but like, it's repaying like i feel like that's how you repay your teachers is by becoming a teacher yourself in certain ways uh -huh. like you taught me this and there's nothing i can do to necessarily repay you back for that so let me, pass it, on so let me pass it on to somebody else like, so let, let me continue to pass that on so like i said there are people that I'm like, if I hadn't like connecting with Becky Schnexer totally changed the way I taught science, right? Totally changed a lot of things for me. You know, meeting you, you kind of becoming, you weren't even like my mentor. I had a mentor that year who was, who was great, but you kind of became like my unofficial mentor at school. I did because I was the I was a pirate captain. You were a pirate captain. Like so I was leading a small like revolution <laughs> right i was feeling my inner freedom like viva la revolution yeah. like yeah yeah i'm getting <laughs> i'm getting long-winded and i'm losing my okay. but, so but you know it's but yeah but i came on board as a mentor right around that same time that you were talking to becky you were talking to other people on twitter and your pln like we had red kids deserve it and you were starting to like mm -hmm. really lean into that and uh I I remember right around that time like you were starting to see that a game come out and you started being really excited about teaching mm -hmm. like being with your kids being in that classroom like being like working in that a game like well, what can I do next? Like, wouldn't it be cool? How can I keep going? Like, I saw that transformation in you. Like, I remember that. Yeah. Like, so it wasn't really hard to guide you more so than anything. And I don't know that you know this, but like by that time, I had literally been teaching that same, that same grade level. I, and 
I wasn't on my A game. I was slacking. I had, I had set every cruise control and crock pot I had. <laughs> like it took no effort to teach my class and bring magic. Like I was bringing mediocre magic for a while. And I was still like by anybody else's outside standards, they would have said, oh, that's her A game. Cause like my kids were hundred percent proficient when they were assessed, like, you know, they were showing growth, like exponential growth. I had, you know, literally a minuscule percentage. It was something like 2% of kids needing, you know, reteaching in my classroom. Like it was, I had stupid data, stupid data to show that like, yeah. I, I had it on lock. So, you know, at that time when you were going through this, leaning into stuff and leaning into being better and leaning into the grid and leaning into those things, I was on cruise control. So it wasn't hard to guide you. It was more difficult to keep up with you, <laughs> to hear that voice go, you know, I used to teach like that, all passionate and engaged and excited. Like I should, I should do that again. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? To see somebody else doing it. And so like, it was kind of contagious and it was like, oh, you know, I could be better here. Oh, you know, I could be better here. Yeah. Like, oh, this is, you know, I'm getting kind of bored of this. You know what? Like I'm going to change this little piece so I can teach something new and different, like, and still be able to meet the standard of expectation like and still meet the objective that I needed to teach but I just was going to tweak this one piece so that I could do something different you know yeah. so it wasn't hard to guide you it was it was actually more difficult to follow you because you caught some fast momentum on that girl I did <laughs> I did I'm not gonna lie I did yeah and I feel like too like when we went into the quarantines and started like pandemic teaching and stuff, I feel like that really put the brakes on some of that for you. So a little I, bit. I, I, you know, I, I, a little bit, but I learned a lot at the same time. Yeah. There was, there was a lot of like how I, there were some things I'm like, I don't know how to make this work in a virtual setting, but there was things. So we problem solved. Right. You know, we did a lot of problem solving during the pandemic, but it, it did. There were a lot of things where it's like, I don't know how to do that. Like, I know I've done this virtually before, like, you know, electronically before, but this has always been done hands-on or this has always been done outside, you know, as a group, you know? So how do I make this work virtually? That did put a hold on things. Yeah. It did kind of play. I, a... I could see where, you know, that exponential growth for you went super fast and then it was like, just kidding. Like, yeah, you know, so it, visually to me, if you think about like a roller coaster, like, you know, you, you have that first initial descent and then you have to go down the valley, yeah. right? And then it kind of like levels out for a bit, just a bit. And then it starts that next momentum up. And so I feel like at some point, like, if you look at it like a roller coaster, what's next? 
it's either some kind of twist and turn or a loopy loop. Yeah. So get ready because you're on that next climb up. I can't wait to see your next like. We'll see what happens. I'm excited. We'll see what happens. You know, um, I'm excited. You know, I think so. I mean, and I'm kind of wrapping up my thoughts here about the song, but like Cinderella, man, it reminds me to be humble, but it reminds me to be confident. Like, like that boxer, you know, the guy that's not supposed to win, but is winning because he's confident in, in his training and all this stuff. So it's teaching me to be confident in the training I have, the mentorship that I've been given, you know, the insight and the wisdom and the tips and tricks and everything, you know, that like that I've gained, you know, over the last nine years as, you know, being a teacher. And so, but yeah, confident, like, I don't feel like I'm in rookie camp anymore. You know, like, I feel like I'm out of rookie camp, you know, in, in some ways, and there's nothing wrong with being in rookie camp. But you know, it's like, that feeling of like, I, I have a handle on certain things now, <laughs> you know, my time management is much better, my organization is much better than it was, you know, all those different things, like I'm confident in what I've learned and who I am now as a teacher. And, you know, I'm, a, I'm excited to share that with people like through this podcast and through the book and, you know, just, you know, interacting with folks on social media has just been really awesome too. I think too, like in, in the analysis here, like I feel like there's another lesson too, where it's like, don't be afraid to change. Like, don't be afraid to like, try something new right but also too like when you step out like and change to something new you might get your butt kicked a little bit and it's yeah, okay to be yeah. it's okay to be a little bit unsteady and in those moments find your helpers like it's okay to say I'm not okay and it's okay to say I need help and it's okay to be unsteady it's okay to be learning yeah it's okay and it's okay to make a mistake because some of us are learning by making mistakes like yeah. I feel like it's okay and to me I love that that message is it is a core Elijah Carbajal message for me like you are the one person that makes it okay to say I need help I need an idea I need guidance. I need, you know, a mentor. I need to be better. Like, this is not okay. Or I'm not okay. Like, you make it okay to express that. And I, to me, that that's one of the core things of your being that, like, just that's, keeping it real. I love that about you. And just keeping it real, just being honest and, you know, just being truthful, trying to be who I am. And, you know, if who I am and what I've been through can help someone, then I'm all here for it. I watched you when we were first getting to know each other, like on, on that next level, like mm -hmm. we had just barely started dating. And I remember seeing you on multiple occasions, stop whatever you were doing and answer a phone call. 
because somebody was calling you to say, Hey, I'm not okay. Yeah. Do you have a minute to talk? And you literally would drop everything and you would give that person your time, your attention, you know, active listening, which you're fantastic at. Um, and so I remember watching you do that several times from the perspective of this could be my potential mate. Like, like I'm like, we're, I like this guy. And I remember seeing you be that guy and it was 100% you and it was 100% authentic. <clears throat> but I just remember thinking, this guy is so safe. Like you were so safe. It was safe to not be okay. And it was safe to say that. And it was safe to lean on you. And it was, it was safe to take your advice yeah. or your guidance. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I remember, I remember seeing that about you. Mm -hmm. So I love, I love that that is so you of like, I'm just, I'm humble and, and I want to help others. And yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. This has been good. Yeah, it has been. Thank you. You're welcome. So this is so okay. So we've talked both. We've both had a chance to talk about our theme songs. So now, I want to hear from the listeners. Oh, I know, like, right? If like so, listeners, if you had a theme song for the year, if you had to pick a theme song for the year, what would it be? Or if a theme song, because I know we're in the middle of the year, and or maybe you do one word. So here's my other question: If you don't we have say a theme song, one word very terribly, and we shouldn't. No, I don't say it terribly. I'm just saying some of them may be doing it. Okay. I, it's no diss at all. Like I don't. I don't it sounds kind of dissy. I'm sorry if it came across <laughs> dissy. It's not a diss. I'm just saying I understand if you do the one word and you're like I don't do a theme song. I get that. So my other thing is, if you didn't pick a theme song, what is your walk-on music? Ooh, walk-on music. What is your walk-on music? So walk-on, I would still pick Cinderella Man for me this year, but um, I know you would have something different, but. Yeah, I have one that's kind of my personal walk-on music, and then I have like my theme song yeah. for the year, so, like, and they're completely different. Yeah. So we want to hear from you listeners. Uh, so. However you're listening, I know that like, like Anchor has like a question, I think, or a thing where you can leave comments. So leave a comment if you're listening by Anchor or Spotify. Or um, drop it in your Twitter. Or, or drop it, yeah, tweet it out and, you know, share your song with us, share the episode as well so that other people can listen in and we can just continue to grow and connect together, so. That'd be rad. Yeah, I'm all here, I'm here for it, so. <laughs> such a synesthete and I realize that you are too and I like, I to know like if other I'm really curious if other people will tell us that their songs have a heartbeat or that it has a feeling or if it has like text you know what else it has is texture texture it has a feel like there's a there's a song again by Eminem um where he says and all it wants is that is to have something to chew something to chew something to true but like the effects that he puts on it it feels like it like it feels like it's crunching like it feels like a crunch like it's almost 
like you know the sound and feel of when you bite down on something like that's, an apple yeah like a crisp kind of firm apple not like right. a soft one so that like and then kind of like crunch on it a couple times like that's kind of the feel that that part has a lot yeah. of it comes back to bodily feels like this is how my heart feels this is how it feels <laughs> to crunch food but you know <laughs> being being a creative person it's not unheard of a lot of our musicians are synesthetes yeah um, a lot of our artists are synesthetes like so synesthesia is where there is a crossover between your senses yeah. so you know sight taste touch feel what's the other one hearing hearing so for some artists they heard color yeah. um that's kandinsky um and so we have musicians that you know it has a feel or it has a taste you know right. um so at some point it's just your synesthesia but i'm wondering like what other crossovers do people have or yeah you know are mine they... is with bodies mine's yeah. with the body yours is like I'm extreme taste. visual you're visual extreme. but you also have taste like blue taste gross <laughs> uh so there are certain, certain colors that taste gross they don't taste they smell like oh, smell gross. they smell colors and not like wet paint. No, like, no, like the like the little strips color. that you seeing get. That, yeah, seeing that color, um, it has a smell to it. You're like, yeah, yeah. Um, I have a I have a real hard time with the color blue. Yeah, it has to be a very like I have to I have a very limited blue color palette. Right. Um, and then there like there's some yellows that that kind of a a they almost give me allergies like they they make me itchy yeah um and so and then there's um there's different feels to certain colors but like the smell one is the one that just yeah it's crazy yeah, yeah. and it's like it's like a really common color of blue paint too and it's a really common blue color that you find in elementary classrooms it's like an elementary color yeah. blue and it has the worst smell. And so I literally had to like work really hard to keep that color blue out of my classroom. Like, <laughs> oh gosh, it's hard. It's funny. It is funny. <laughs> I really enjoyed this conversation. I have too. Thank you very much. This is, I always love the conversations from the couch. And then, we'll, so this is the second one back to back. So that's double bonus. So, um, yeah. That's all I got for today. That's I, my that's my song. I love it. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, listeners. Thanks yeah. for joining me, Tracy. Of course. I love I you. <laughs> love you too. You're my favorite. You're my favorite. <laughs> Until next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Shut Up and Teach podcast. I hope that you'll check out previous episodes, and I hope that you'll share this with a friend or a colleague.